Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Welcome to Cannon Fodder, a behind-the-scenes look at the Glass Cannon Network. Yo, what is going on, Nash? It is time for Cannon Fodder. It's Wednesday, March 22nd, 2023, and I'm Joel Bryan. And I'm Troy, drinking coffee... The Valley. This is an early fod. We're we're up bright and early today mm. uh, after a late night recording. Man, we did some late night recording last night. Uh, a little show called Strange Aeons, which is about to go back on the road. Yeah, we're going back on the road. Uh, we said we'd be back in April, and we're back. We're sorry, back, Canada. Didn't work <laughs> out. Maybe next time. Matthew Ugh. Matthew got his wish. We're not going to Canada right now. But instead... <laughs> I mean, he would not stop campaigning against <laughs> crossing the border. I don't know what he's so afraid of. Maybe they, he thinks they won't let him back in. I don't want to say it's 100% his fault that we're not going there next month. But he had a lot to do with it. Uh, however, we are thrilled to finally go to Skid's home state. Yeah, baby! We're coming to Boulder, Colorado! Boulder, Colorado, April 21st. I mean, that is less than a month. Yeah, it's well, less than a month now. It is now less than a month. Yeah. Uh, Shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it is It is wild to think. And this show is, you know, right in line with the airings of Strange Aeons. So if you've been following along on the podcast every week, you're going to follow that story each week, each Tuesday when that story drops. And then it's going to drop on Tuesday, whatever that is, April 17th or something. And then... That Friday night is going to be the next episode live in Boulder. Yeah, it's pretty exciting, man. I'm so I, like I was going. I'm go- been going through last year's tour for various different reasons, and I was like, man, we went everywhere last year and barely <laughs> took any time off. So it was weird to start the year with a uh, you know three months dry because I'm missing it. It's my favorite thing that we do, and I really think it invigorates the show. Um, you know, we've been we've been recording well, remotely. It's the only and place we play in person. I know, I know. It's just it's nice to see everybody, and uh, I like flying. I never used to like flying. I like flying now. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, now you're a rich guy flying. You, I'm all you hardly do is, a rich guy flying. All you do is fly first class. And I'm you rub very, it in our face all the time. I'm very good with uh, my miles. I use my cards effectively in order to get miles that I can then turn into first class tickets. I, I've i flown coach in basic economy my whole life. Yeah. Let me enjoy Don't this. even try to. Uh, I'm from the streets, man. Now, get out of here. I was. I used to be homeless, Joe. And you know it. <laughs> Yeah, that was just because of L.A. But, dude, the thing is, uh, and we brought this up before, but I have to personally attack you one more time. And I can't remember what your answer was, which is why I bring it up again. Here we go. I can't do this shit. I can't upgrade. And I'm flying all over the place. I can't upgrade to first class. The amount of miles it costs to upgrade to first class is ludicrous. Now, here's the thing. You may be monetizing or, uh, or, or strategizing your money in a way that you're always collecting these miles outside of just your frequent flyer miles. I am. How does your wife allow you to use those benefits just so you can fly first class when she could be getting Amazon credits for diapers? Um, first of all, she doesn't know how that works. And don't mention it to her. <laughs> Second of all, keeping her in the dark. Now that we have three children, we'll never fly as a family anywhere ever again. So we got to use these miles one way or another. I just figured we got to use these it. miles. I'm flying every month now. I'm a jet setter. <laughs> yeah, uh, we were talking to uh, Sydney off air, who was like having a debate with her so about like. They have different miles from different airlines. They're like, well, we should, you know, be getting on the same airline. And I was like, Sydney, you're about to spend a year flying a ton without him. So, like, you do whatever you want to do because it's going to be a lot of solo flights and uh, enjoy the airline you want to enjoy. Well, dude, it, it really is a strategy, right? Like when I when I quit bartending after 15 years behind the stick, I quit because I had like a a, a line on a gig which was to be this producer for this tailgate show. And so I started, I hit the ground running and I started working on this tailgate show where I was flying every single week. I was flying on a Friday and coming back on a Sunday every single week throughout the college football season uh, into the college playoffs. And then I was back to being unemployed. And then the next year we did it for uh, about 10 shows and then the show got canceled and I was back to being unemployed. But mm-hmm. it was that flying every single week that I started to be very strategic about how I flew. Um, and then once I, you know, when the business started taking off and I could like get the nice credit cards, if you're really strategic with your spending and your miles, it's pretty easy to upgrade to, to first class, first class for most of your flights. Um, you just, or at least have, comfort plus, at, at least, least comfort, comfort plus. plus. You need a free bloody. Come on. The lowest I go is comfort plus. <laughs> um, and that's only on flights where I know I'll get the free upgrade from Delta. Uh, but, you know, you want to make sure you get in your lounges. Like, I, I can't go to a food court anymore. I need to be in the airport lounge. Uh, and that's it's, that's strategy. That's not being rich because we are not rich. Uh, it's just strategy. <laughs> yeah, it's just strategy. Just clever, clever manipulation of the system, which yeah. is something I've always been, always been terrible at. All right, let's get into some more news here. Uh, just a reminder. Boulder, Colorado, April 21st. Go get tickets. You can go to our website, glasscannonnetwork.com slash tour, right, for details and uh, and to find the link where you go to get tickets. There are still some available. As far as I know, there's only a handful of VIPs left, right? There's handful just a handful of VIPs. Of We're already over 60% sold. I mean, I, I really think this is going to sell out. People are excited and, uh, you know, if you're if you're on the fence about going, please come on out. It helps us keep the tour going. Yeah, and if you don't mind – you know, traveling a bit, try to travel a bit because as of now, I mean, there's no, 
there's no exact plan for anywhere around Boulder either, right? Like we don't have something coming up for like Phoenix, right? Like for sure or um, I'm trying to think of the other, you know, Wyoming or um, Nebraska. Like there's nothing on the plans for that, right, right now? As of right now, no. But uh, the entire tour is in heavy flux um, all yeah, because of true. May. Like June is booked. Uh, August is booked, September is booked, um, but now I have to pivot October and November, and May is causing some problems. So everything's on the table, but uh, I don't know. I'm I'm just psyched if I can get back out there. Yeah. Uh, studio update. We well, you know what? Why don't you go and watch us uh, in the new studio behind the scenes, uh, the new studio space, I should say, because it is not a studio. It is just <laughs> an open room. But uh, you can check it out on YouTube. We released a video yesterday of Troy and I uh, heading to the new space, sitting in the new space, talking over uh, ideas for what this show is going to look like. We were there to shoot some camera angles and to start planning uh, the build out of everything uh, with our cinematographers. So go ahead and uh, check uh, check it out on our YouTube channel. A new behind the scenes video dropped yesterday. You can uh, you can see all about uh, our I don't know our plans upcoming for for that space. But as far as the game goes, the game itself is different from the, all the technical nonsense we have to deal with with the space. We have made some interesting progress in the in the build towards our our new Gatewalkers campaign in that we had an informal session zero. It really wasn't too heavily detailed, but we had an informal session zero where the classes have all been dispersed basically. Yeah, classes um, have been dispersed. Some people started throwing around some ancestries, but I don't think any of those have been locked in. Um, there's but, been some build talk, a little bit of build talk uh, build within talk. classes, but nothing really nailed down. But we have sort of split up the roles of the party, which is yeah. so exciting. And it's something we really, we really never do. And I know some people are like, how couldn't, how could you not do this? Um, but you know, we just, we have a lot going on and it's never been something that's been a priority for us. But, uh, it's something we really want to make sure we do for gatewalkers is to like go through everything and be like, all right. What are you focusing on? If we're all, if everyone's going to be masters of uh, occultism, we're we're doing something wrong. So it's like looking <laughs> right. at the skills. What skills are people going to focus on? What are you going to be ranged? Are you going to be melee? Are you going to be this? Are you going to be that? Are you going to be a blaster? Are you going to be support? Are you going to be a buffer? Like really talking that out before we even start thinking about actual builds. And uh, I don't know. A lot of it was me just kind of listening and prodding. Um, so it was exciting because I've been living with this now for a few months and to see what your characters might be. It, it, it excites me because like I know what Paizo wrote, but I'm way more interested in what we create. And that mm -hmm. starts with what you guys bring to the table. Yeah. So uh, we're off and rolling. We're off and rolling on Gatewalkers in a big way. And we're actually going to be shooting uh, and recording some individual time with you uh, about, you know, our, our character builds and stuff like that. Or I don't know how they're going to flesh out. Could be a little bit of builds. Could be a little bit of just like personality and background of the character. I'm not really sure how technical it's going to get, but uh, we should have more content coming your way, hopefully soon, with uh, more details on characters. So Yeah, I have a really fun idea about how we're going to do this, because um, I know people like them, but I kind of want to flip it on its head. And uh, yeah, I mean, people love these behind-the-scenes videos, so we'll be churning out more of those as well. I mean, you and I might be on the studio again this Friday, right? Mm -hmm. Is that what we're thinking? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Possibly. We hope so. So just, just in a couple of days, we should be shooting even more stuff if things go according to plan. It's so crazy because we've got this list that you've compiled, um, which is growing by the minute of like all the things that need to be done before we can even sit in there and start testing. And mm -hmm. uh, it's massive. 
uh, it's, it's, it's really daunting to look at. Um, but there's certain, there's certain things that like tie up seven other things. That's why we got to keep going back and trying to take care of those. Uh, it's exciting. Uh, it's, it's watching that video that we took. I'm like, I even say in the video, I'm like, it's, it's going to be fun to go back and look at this now when it's just sitting here with a couple of chairs and empty space. But like, I, I can't see it yet because it's so <laughs> barren. It's so bare and, uh, so, so much smaller than I remember. Um, it's only going to get smaller when we put things in there. So I'm excited. Um, but, uh, there's certainly some trepidation as well. It's like, oh man, we've got a mountain to climb here. Yeah. I've been, I've been feeling that for six weeks. Uh, as I knew yeah. that that space was going to be small, but the thing is, at the end of the day, it's New York City. Like this is something we will always have to fight upstream against. We are never going to have a large space in New York City. You just can't. Nobody can. You, every company feels like they have a smaller space than they need, and that is what business in New York City is. It's just you know, space is precious, and there's always so much to go around. Should we talk about the the crew that we we put together for this? You mean like the uh, production team? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't on our list. But... It wasn't on our list. I didn't know <laughs> if we want to start revealing stuff. Well, you know, we, we, we met uh, uh, our new friend, Matt, who has been uh, filming all of these videos. He's a, he's a member of the Nash. Yeah. Matt uh, is re- a member of the Nash uh, who reached out and just mentioned – this is going back almost a year, I think uh, – and mentioned that uh, he's a cinematographer. And – his work is top notch. Right. I like, mean, we get a lot of emails. Um, you know, the, the nation is very generous with their, you know, their skill sets. And this is the best for us because, like, we love bringing on people who understand what we do. Um, but there's a lot of people that send stuff. And so we try to try to look at everything. But I always go in being like, here we go. <laughs> and I clicked <laughs> – on his reel, and I, I think you got an email within seconds. I'm like, we need to talk to this guy. <laughs> so wildly legit. Yeah, it's like the first thing you see is him shooting like an Ariana Grande concert or something. Like, <laughs> I don't remember what it was, but it was something like massive uh, and looked amazing. And I was just like, oh, oh, wow. Okay. All right. Um, we should have a meeting. And yeah, sure enough, in that in that first meeting, he's just like, you know, pouring out with and it's just, you know, one of those examples of sitting down with somebody who's an expert in an area that you might have some knowledge, but you're nowhere near an expert. And the difference in in the experience is just so clear to you within a, an initial meeting that it's just like, OK, yeah, this is you should just handle this part and I won't <laughs> think about it anymore. So exciting. And then so we he's have going a, to be a yeah. cinematographer on the p- whole project, like, uh, you know, the, st- the, the start of the project, like he's going to be shooting us playing our podcast, essentially. Uh, and I think it's just going to look incredible. Yeah. And in fact, uh, our regular videographer, my old buddy, Harry, who follows us around for uh, Glass Cannon Live, can't do Boulder. So we're, we're taking Matt out to. Uh, yeah. Show, so show some of you might meet him. Some yeah. of you might meet him or at least see him. And then we have another new hire. uh CJ, who's another member of the Nash that you've been mm-hmm. working with for a long time. I haven't even met CJ yet because you've worked with him more uh, than I do. I just kind of send notes. 
Yeah, CJ came in around the time of uh, when Grant stepped back from day-to-day operations. We needed production help, post-production help. Uh, he had some experience in that realm and was a, a – he, he responded to the call. I think we put it out over Twitter or something like that. And uh, he started working on a lot of our shows and now we've brought him on full-time. And he is doing all of our post-production. So all of the audio sweetening and mixing and syncing that you're hearing on Strange Aeons week to week, uh, Legacy of the Ancients, Blood of the Wild – uh, he is mixing and mastering all those shows. He's now going to be mixing and mastering the audio on Gatewalkers, and he's going and he's in New York. He's a New York based uh, person, so he will be at sessions with us. Well, I have an actual audio engineer on site monitoring recordings, which is such a relief for me because you know to be able to just focus on playing and not worrying about levels and a buzz in the lines and all that kind of stuff is going to be great. Yeah, and he's a magician. I mean, what he does with the audio now that I have moved my life downstairs as the upstairs has become infested with children, uh, what he can do with the audio of my water heater is, <laughs> is quite astounding. Yeah. Seriously, it's like uh, it's like a Call of Duty player just like crushing headshots left and right. Like he finds <laughs> a sound he doesn't like, it's just like blah, and it's gone. It's, it's, it's out of your out of your file. CJ also fun fact. Now that I mentioned FPS, I don't know if you know this. Huge Destiny Two player, huge really? Destiny Two like a raider, like a, you know, like a you, big raider. You were talking about Destiny Two, and I was way into Destiny. I was kind of like, oh, it's, I imagine it's the same thing. And you were like, no, no, it's totally different. Da, da, da. And then when when Lance Reddick passed away last week, I started looking into oh, it more because so he was. Awful. I didn't realize he was a big part of the Destiny community, but now I'm kind of like, maybe I need to play Destiny. It's fun. It's real fun. Yeah. McDermott, McDermott and I had a lot of fun playing that uh and we were, we were playing it on whatever legendary i don't know what the term they use is for the hardest i can't remember the hardest version and it would be so immensely frustrating but the satisfaction when you would get through one checkpoint you know what i mean like a certain challenge you just die over and over and over and over and then when you got through it i mean it was it was really fun yeah i might have to check that out um and then the the third and final member of the team is is one that I'm very excited about personally because the other element that we need is someone to be sort of a catch-all on-set producer as well as someone that's editing the videos and editing the audio, which is to this day something that only you and I have done mm-hmm. for every single episode we've ever produced except maybe for a couple. Um, and we, you know, we, we need someone – I mean, I need someone that understands this at a level that is much more intimate than just hiring an editor because it's, it's not just like, Hey, clean up this episode. There's, there's, there's a science. There's an art that comes to doing what we do. It's not just taking out pauses because sometimes pauses need to be in there. And, uh, someone, it's not can, just taking out rule discussion because sometimes that needs to be in there. Yeah. And sometimes it does not, you know, like looking up a rule is sometimes a good part of the episode to air. Sometimes it's not making those decisions is can be tough you need someone with the technical expertise but also someone that understands the art of like letting scenes breathe letting moments breathe and 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 someone that we can trust to be there in the office for us all the time uh to watching over us uh with a careful eye for everything and so and someone that we can when needed when called upon could step in front of the camera as well and play a little game with us play a little game here and there be a, a personality in front of the scenes as well. How could we find a person like this? <laughs> well, I called up the president of Hawaii. <laughs> and I made him an offer they couldn't refuse. And Francis Brema is moving back to New York. Yeah, baby. To Francis work for the GCN. Time. 
Francis, full-time working for the GCN. I am out of my mind excited. He's going to be in the room for every recording of Gatewalkers. And he's going to be there to in New York with us to play uh, Delta Green and get in the trunk and everything. I mean, I'm so excited. I'm so beyond excited. Everything is coming. To, I mean, dude, back in the day, I'm talking like 2002 when I met Francis, so 21 years ago. We were just like working at a video store together, talking about making movies, talking about making indie movies. And then he started going to film school at NIFA, and I was like in all of his student films. I got to meet all his film buddies. We were so entrenched in that like, uh, you know, dream of making independent films. And, you know, the dreams get deferred. And now it's like all coming back together 20 <laughs> years later. And he is so psyched. He wrote us this morning. I mean, he's writing us like every day, but he's like, I'm pretty sure this is one of the top five decisions I've ever made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so great to get an email like that to know that you got a team member that's so excited to be on board. And so, yeah, Francis Marema, part of the Glass Cannon Network team. And then you add in McD uh, in community management, and he's going to be coming up and helping and hanging out in person, too, because yep. he's just down in Philly. So that's an easy drive from time to time. I mean, it's just couldn't be more excited uh, about the squad. So, yeah, this is going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Uh, well, we got a quick That's couple all the time we have. A quick couple of things to burn through before we are stupid. Some fun we are stupid today, too, actually. Uh, Labs returns tomorrow. Uh, Alien. Alien's back. We only did really a session zero, as it turned out. We ended up just creating characters in our first Alien run two weeks ago. But tomorrow, uh, March 23rd at 2 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash the glass cannon, the adventure begins uh, it's going to be myself and then Skid, Matthew, Mary Lou, and Alicia Marie are starting a little bit of an alien campaign on labs. Just fucking around, man. I'm so That's excited. Cool. I tuned in uh, to the first episode, and the second I tuned in is while you were having massive technical problems. Yeah, I and was weird. I, I don't know what that was. I angrily shut off my computer. <laughs> yeah. The first, <laughs> the first labs to have that blip. That was weird. Uh, but yeah, we should be fine. We're going to be fine tomorrow. No, no technical issues. Gonna be fine. Fingers crossed. Um, our streaming continues. Troy and I, uh, I finished up dead space. If you didn't see that, uh, I, we're talking about maybe getting that on YouTube. I'm hoping to, at some point, if you want to ever check it out and you missed it the first time around, maybe get that on YouTube. Otherwise, uh, new stuff is coming or Troy streaming dark souls and Skyrim. You going to do any of that this week or this is a hectic week for both. of It's kind of getting to that point now, uh, where I took that break when Evie was born and I have been kind of getting back into it, but like, you know what our schedule is like right now. I'm, I'm torn. Like I'm having a lot of fun doing it, but the whole point of it is to, I don't know. It's, it's tricky, man. I'd love to do it. It's just that time is, maybe I can't do two hour streams anymore. There's just too much going on. Yeah. I find an hour and a half is a good sweet spot. And if you can't even just doing an hour helps because it's like, yeah. you have to have a little fun. You know, if all you're doing is, is just like miserable head down work all the time, then like you're not going to find any enjoyment. But if you can get a break, Play a game you love, hang out with the nation a little bit. It just reinvigorates you for the next few hours of work, you know? So that's yeah. kind of the way that I look at it. And I'm thinking about streaming a new game this week. Uh, I might have even streamed it yesterday. We'll see how. Uh, Leisure how it Suit out. Larry? Uh, yeah, the classic from good old games Leisure <laughs> Suit Larry. Um, now, a little game called The Last Spell. Have you heard about this? You heard about this? You hear this one? You hear about no. this? No. Um, basically, it is a uh, tactical. 
uh, def- fortress defense sort of game, but it, it has uh, tactical heroes where you, the heroes move around a map and slay hordes of undead that are coming in to, to kill the village. And it's really neat, really interesting. The, the conceit I think you'd really like, which is basically the world has beg- has sort of like ended in like what in a, a fantasy version of nuclear war, right? Like one mage like destroyed a city with a with a spell and so they another fought back and they every the world started destroying each other and now there are these few mages that are getting together and and trying to cast these incredible this incredibly powerful spell called the last spell that huh. is going to end magic in the world that will eliminate magic from ever being used again and all these and, and the last the, the wizard is basically in your village and is it and is doing the casting and the casting drains everything from the, from the mage and the mage needs like generally a, a week to cast the spell. And for one week, you have to stop the hordes like from getting to that one man in the middle of this village. Oh, that sounds pretty uh, cool. So it's a neat conceit, neat idea. And it's really fun. You lots of level ups and buying and, and upgrading and building walls here, but then fighting people over here with magic missiles and, you know, war hammers. And he's got a classic sword and sorcery vibe. It's, it, it's fun. It's cool. Oh, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to stream it a little bit and see if people like it. I thought you were um, going to say, whoa, long, uh, the fallen dynasty or whatever it's called. The new, like Neo. Oh no. You haven't heard about whoa, long. I'm going to have to, well, I guess oh, I'm dude. pivoting. Fighting Cowboys already got a full walkthrough series on YouTube of Wolong. Um, I know about it. Yeah. So I never played Neo 2, but I grinded through Neo 1 doing, uh, doing way too much. And I mean, there are parts of Neo 1 that are harder than any game I've ever played, um, that I would just keep fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting the same little like mini yeah. mission. Cause there's like similar, side missions yeah. where it's just a boss or like a gauntlet of bosses. Um, and uh I didn't play Neo 2 because I was kind of I kind of burnt myself out on it. I like that. It's a very different game. It's Souls-like, but it also has this like Destiny, uh not Destiny, uh Diablo feel where you're well, which is also Destiny, where you're just leveling up equipment randomly, um, based on like legendary and equipment, purple, yellow, you know, all the different colors. Um, but Wolong looks pretty cool where it's a next gen game. Um, I just don't know if I have the emotional commitment for a game like that. Yeah, I don't know, but it's a kind of game that's great to stream, though. Uh, oh, it's I phenomenal to stream. I didn't know it existed, so yeah, I might have to check this out. Not getting great reviews, though, I will say. Somewhat really? midland reviews. I think he gave it a 7. Yeah. Or an yeah. 8, maybe, but yeah, not a 10. Yeah, it's not a 10. Not a 9, not a 10. Uh, you're out! Uh, All right, let's talk a little We Are Stupid this week as we look back at episode 67 of Strange Aeons. Uh, Professor Eric kicks us off with something, just a good reminder to have, decipher writing. Remember, decipher writing, unlike first edition, where it was just a linguistic skill, uh, is split out just like recall knowledge among all the various knowledge skills. So you can be deciphering writing of arcana if it has to do with arcane writing. You can decipher writing using occultism if it has to do with occult topics, et cetera, religion, society. Um, these are all laid out kind of in the rule book, how they, how they go on. And then there's ac- academia and library lore are kind of common stock lores given by, uh, given by the core rule book that could also apply when you're trying to figure out like, um, you know, what expertise you should use to decipher something that's either in code, deeply occult or, you know, possibly both at the same time. Anyway, just something to keep in mind. Thank mm. you, Eric. 
Mirror image. Uh, so mirror image crits. I did not know this. And this I'm going to put this one on me because as a player who has had mirror image in 2E ever since we converted to 2E, I never saw the last line of the spell. If an attack roll is a critical success and would hit one of the images, one of the images is destroyed and the attack roll becomes a success against you. I didn't catch that line. So when Eris rolled a crit to interrupt the cast, the spell casting of the denizen of Lang. Ethel. Ethel, sorry. What did I say? Eris. Eris, yeah. When, when Ethel uh, rolled that crit, I was like, you're going to disrupt the spell. And uh, he destroyed an image. It was like, oh, disappointing. Well, he still wouldn't have uh, disrupted the spell because it w- wouldn't end up being a critical success on the main target. But he would have still hit the target and bursted an image, which good to know. I, I did not. I did not realize that. Does it disrupt the spell, or were you carrying that over from one eight? Um, I believe it disrupts the spell. Um, yeah, I'll I'll look into it. I don't know why I, I thought that, but I mean, Eric mentioned it. He said it wouldn't disrupt, so I, I'm sure he would say like, "What are you talking about?" Critical hits don't disrupt spells, but I feel like uh, spell casting. I remember looking up that uh, that spell casting gets interrupted by a critical hit. Um, I'm gonna look it yeah, up. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to uh, throw you on there. I'm just looking at disrupting actions on archives of Nethys. Um, various abilities and conditions, such as an AOO, can disrupt an action. When an action is disrupted, you still use the actions or reactions you committed and still expend any cost, but the action's effects don't occur. In case of an activity, you usually lose all actions spent for the activity up to the end of that turn. For instance, if you began to cast a spell activity requiring three actions and the first action was disrupted, you lose all three actions that you committed to that activity. Um, so that doesn't, well, that doesn't explicitly say a crit disrupts it. Um, uh, it does me, it just tells me that spells can be disrupted. So I don't think it requires a crit so much as like, if you're cast, if you're in the middle of casting, it's a spell under and the. It's under. I found it. It's under attack of opportunity. You lash out at a foe that leaves an opening. Make a melee strike against the triggering creature. If your attack is a critical hit and the trigger was a manipulate action, you disrupt that action. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. So it's under the text of attack of opportunity, which is what it was. It, you know, it wasn't a casting. I haven't seen any like full round castings in 2E. Does that, does that not? I don't think that exists, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, there are three action spells, but yeah, are there four action spells or five action? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Like, I, you remember in 1E, it would be like summon monster or uh, right. enlarge person. You'd have to cast through the whole round. So, really, the only time you would get hit with an attack is if somebody readied or if there was an attack of opportunity when you were casting a spell. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Also on Mirror Image, and I missed this. Again, my fault. I, I knew this spell, but I was just forgetting it at the time. Remember, you pop images on a regular miss. So if you miss the target, you still destroy an image. It's only if you critically miss, I think, that you don't even destroy an image. I could oh, even really? be making that up. Yeah. Pop that's it. true. We just played last night and we didn't play like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's another episode you're going to hear where that's incorrect. And Professor Eric even says here, I think there's three to more, four more misses that should have popped images throughout the fight. Right. Yeah. Now that I think about it, like that makes it much more balanced because um, it's just like I'm rooting for you to, to get rid of the fucking images. Totally. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Okay. You know, like we always say, it's like when someone casts a spell, everyone should be reading that spell. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get it. This is This is part of the – 
part yeah. of the basic training here. Exactly. Also, uh, it's fun. It's funny that you say that, um, that you're rooting for us and you want to get this done quicker uh, in terms of mirror image. Well, I'm curious to see how you would want to rule on this. This is a point of contention, I think, even pro- for Professor Eric, who brings up when Ethel wanted to shove a creature with mirror image. Shove has the attack trait. So it seems that it would interact with mirror image, meaning that you could be fooled by the images when you're trying to shove, right? So the the thing is that by uh, rules as written, by the raw, what it actually says in the text on mirror image is if an attack roll fails to hit your AC. However, shoving targets is against a fortitude DC, not an AC. So it would not destroy an image. So if you go to shove and you're uh, successful and you roll on mirror image and you do not hit the main target, you just do nothing. Like you do you nothing. Mo- you yeah. do not. So why would you, you would never shove against mirror well, image. You would just strike, strike, strike because a miss destroys images. Well, he's got a thing that lets him shove. And I think shove is helpful. Um, you know, say if you're like standing at the edge of a cliff, you might, you might risk the shove. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a high risk. Reward. I wouldn't say high reward. But it's like that's why I'm saying you would never do it. Yeah, you, know, you know, it does high risk reward. Why did he shove? You know, I think sometimes a lot of people are you know, like, ah, I'll do this instead as my third action. You know, it's yeah. something we're still working on. Um, so maybe he was just like, let me try something different. But I think I also think we kind of need to do that without it being super uh, inorganic. Is like spicing it up. Because it can be very like with five players, each with three actions, going against, in this case, three enemies, each with three actions. It can be very roll attack, miss, roll attack, miss, utility action. Or move, roll attack, miss, roll attack, miss. Roll attack, miss, roll attack. You know, we've got to find a way to spice it up. So, Well, Professor Eric gave us a good note, which people are not taking. And I have to like remind them again, like because I'm not a martial character. And I, I should use this with certain spells. But basically, like, you don't attack, miss, attack, miss, and then demoralize. Like, you demoralize first. Because yeah. if you're successful, it's going to frighten them and lower their AC by one. Right. People are doing this in the wrong order. So we, we got to make sure that they get on point with that. And that, that's that's another strategy and skill thing to discuss. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So you say it doesn't destroy an image. Uh, I think that it... If yeah. It says specifically AC... A miss against AC, it says in the text. This is a miss against a fortitude DC. If shove was against AC, then yeah. Well, uh, no, but but it's uh, – right. But the mirror image is not hiding the fortitude DC, right? So a successful hit on a fortitude DC, why should it be affected by the images at all? It's against the fortitude, not against the AC. That's what the mirror right. image is protecting. But, but you're still trying to shove the right thing. If you shove an image, you don't get to shove the actual person, but – but what's yeah, the difference does, between why doesn't the shove? Yeah, what's the difference between shoving an image and an unarmed punch on an image? Yeah, no, you know, I think a, I'd have to get deeper into like what is the actual science behind the mirror image. Well, according to Eric, he says uh, you can ignore the mirror image for this and just have it attack the target, or you can treat it just like a regular strike and have it destroy an image on a miss, etc. Uh, or you can do it your way, like you said, it doesn't destroy an image and it's high risk, low reward. In he, in all three cases, his ruling is. It's up to interpretation, and he thinks all of them are equally good as long as what you pick, you stick with. You know what I mean? So it's like as long as we pick that and stick with that going forward, uh, he thinks that they're all relevant interpretations of how to do uh, how to do the rule. Um, last one that I'll mention uh, before we wrap up is Needle of Vengeance. 
Uh, wait, no, I missed one here. Phantom Pain. I know Troy said to watch for that one on cannon fodder, but he was correct. You can get rid of the persistent damage the normal way and stay sickened or get rid of the sickened to get rid of both effects. Interesting. I didn't dig into that one. I don't really understand that. But I read Eric's words. And now I'm um, moving on. Uh, <laughs> Phantom Pain. Uh, we, you said look out for this one on Cannon Fodder because we knew it was going to be something complicated. But he yeah. says that uh, you got it correct. So um, there you go. Lastly, Needle of Vengeance. We've made this mistake before. Uh, I'm going to reprimand Kate over email viciously <laughs> after this Cannon Fodder. Uh, Needle of Vengeance targets one enemy. So Eris needs to pick which denizen of Lang isn't allowed to attack Ethel and has to make a will save. Uh, it's not just the anyone that comes up to him and attacks him. So an important thing to keep in mind is Needle of Vengeance is a targeted spell. You pick one person that gets to do that. Um, that's it for We Are Stupid. Uh, I think that that was overall a pretty good week for, where there were a lot of mechanics, but we just kind of really messed up one spell, as Professor Eric called it. He said this week's VOD is going to be the mirror image hour. Uh, because it really is, we're delving into every sentence of that spell. But I don't know. We love it, man. That's what we, that's what we would do in the old days. Just pick apart every sentence of a spell until we felt like we knew how we were going to interpret it for our game. Uh, you got anything else, good buddy? Because I'm, I'm done. I'm ready to, uh, I'm ready to go play video. I'm going to go play the last spell. <laughs> we have too much to do. Uh, it's ten <laughs> in the morning. Uh, we. What was I going to say is, you know, I think a lot of people are wondering what's going to happen with Strange Aeons and Gatewalkers because we mentioned like once Gatewalkers launches, uh, Strange Aeons will return to just the tour show. Um, but even though we're going back to the tour, Gatewalkers still isn't out, out yet. So we'll have our shows uh, leading right up to the week before Boulder. Um, so, you know, that Thursday before Boulder, just looking at my camera is Thursday, uh, April 13th. So there'll be a show on Twitch that night. And then the following Thursday, the 20th, there will be no show because we'll be, we'll be in Colorado on 420, no less. Uh, and then the next night will be the show live on 421. On Tuesday, the 25th, the podcast will drop for that show. Uh, I don't know if the video will be done by then. There's a lot of editing that has to happen. The video will be out as soon as, hopefully by the end of that week. But on Thursday, the 27th, we'll be back on Twitch with another episode of Strange Aeons. And we'll just be right back in the flow. Uh, Thursday, May 4th, back on Twitch with Strange Aeons um, through until we go on the next uh, trip hopefully sometime in May. And then once Gatewalkers launches, you'll see uh, Strange Aeons uh, return to the tour. The The plan is to just go with with no interrupted weeks between now and uh, and the launch. That's our, our main plan. So what is the Glass Cannon podcast feed going to look like? People are going to hear uh, Strange Aeons episode 78, whatever it is. And then the next week will be Gatewalkers episode zero. Like it'll be... Episode zero isn't going to – I don't know if it's going to – I don't know where it's going to land. I don't want to speak to that. I don't know if it's going to be on the podcast or not. Um, it might be something I just what? put on Patreon. Because episode zero what? isn't isn't, isn't – Oh, yeah. It's, it's not, not like our other episodes. It's not consumed like that. It's, you know, it's going to be a video um, and it may not it may not translate to audio. I don't know. Episode one uh, is a different story. I also don't. But there's not like, going to be a break between Strange Aeons and Gatewalkers on the feed. That's not you know. If if there's a break, it'll be one week, and even in that one week, there'll be other content there. But like, I don't want the first drop to be an episode zero. I think episode zero is side content, um, just like these character videos we're going to do. But I haven't decided yet. Don't hold me over the coals. Um, but yeah, that's the plan. And then once Gatewalkers launches, uh, Strange Aeons, Cannon Fodder, 
and uh, Gatewalkers, as well as uh, the back catalog of Giant Slayer will all be on that feed. Amazing. The feed sounds exciting. It's the hottest feed in podcasting. This <laughs> feet is sorry, podcasting. Joe Rogan. There's a <laughs> new sheriff in town. Debatable. Uh, last thing I'll say as I close it out and we get off the air here is yesterday uh, there was a really fun topic in our meeting, and that was a little topic called getting the trunk. Uh, we discussed that pretty thoroughly yesterday. So we're talking about it. We're talking about it. Uh, hopefully, have more news on that soon. But we shall get see. Those teeth. Wet. Get those teeth wet. All right, everybody, have a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com slash glasscannon. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to Counterclock now, wherever you listen to podcasts.